get anxiety. They get suicidal thoughts and mental illness. Maybe instead of saying man up, we should say it's okay to talk about it. Hi listeners, this is our second podcast of the year and um, it's January the 13th and we're talking about COVID-19 and the pandemic's effects on people's mental health. And also uh, we've got a really great interview as well, another great special guest, but I will let uh, Val talk about that in due course. In regards to COVID-19 and mental health, um, this is from the World Health Organization. Fear, worry and stress are normal responses to perceived or real threats and at times when we are faced with uncertainty or the unknown. So it is normal and understandable that people are experiencing fear in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Added to the fear of contacting the virus in a pandemic such as COVID-19 are significant changes to our daily lives and our movements are restricted in support of efforts to contain and slow down the spread of the virus. Faced with new realities of working from home, temporary unemployed homeschooling of children and lack of physical contact with other family members, friends and colleagues, it is important that we look after our mental as well as our physical health. Hugh, the WHO, together with partners, is providing guidance and advice during the COVID-19 pandemic for health workers, managers of health facilities, people who are looking after children, older adults, people in isolation, and members of the public more generously to help us look after our mental health. You can also follow at Hugh on social media channels for the latest information. Also, this is the... Um, article from the Guardian written by their science editor called Ian Sample. A leading UK psychiatrist says the coronavirus crisis possesses the greatest threat to mental health since the Second World War. With the impact to be felt for years of the virus has been brought under control. The country's leading psychiatrist has said that's Dr. Adrian James, who is the president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, said a combination of the disease, its social consequences, and the economic fallout were having a profound effect on mental health that will continue long after the epidemic is reined in. As many as 10 million people, including 1.5 million children, are thought to need new or additional mental health support as a direct result of the crisis. Their prediction comes as the virus surges in the UK 
and highlights the need for a plan that ensures those who develop mental illness or see existing conditions worsen have swift access to effective support in the years ahead. So this is a wee bit different again under the COVID restrictions. So Shez and I are going to try and talk about COVID-19 and mental health. So I'm going to put you over to Shez. Are you there? I'm here. So this week, as Val says, uh, we're talking about COVID and effects on mental health. We're living through an unfamiliar time right now and the COVID, the COVID, COVID virus outbreak has changed how we live day to day. If you feel confused, stressed or anxious at some point, you're not alone. Whether you've been directly affected by the virus or are struggling to cope with the restrictions, it is important to look after both your physical and mental health. If things are becoming a bit much, it is important to take talk to someone about how you're feeling. This could be a family member, a friend, your GP or calling a helpline. There is help out there. There's NHS 24 Mental Health Hub on 111. There's Breathing Space on 0800 83 85 87. And there's also Samaritans on 116123. Symptoms of common mental health conditions increased. In June 2020, this had almost doubled to 19% self-reported feeling of anxious spiked in adults at the start of the first lockdown in March. Over the summer, as lockdown measures were eased, anxiety fell but remained at a higher level than they were in 2019. So I'm going to give you some ideas or tips um, on how to cope um, during this pandemic and our second lockdown. So obviously um, there'll be feelings of isolation and loneliness. Um, it could be a loss of income, um, you could be bored or frustrated, you could be in fear, um, you could be in fear of the COVID, of the unknown, and um, some people are obviously increasing alcohol use, drug use, um, increased insomnia, people are worried and anxious about income, money, things that I mentioned, the virus, and obviously obviously some panic attacks and anxiety. Um, so some tips for mental well-being while staying at home. Um, we all know that staying at home is difficult, but please remember you're helping to save lives by protecting yourself and protecting others. So the message is clear, stay home, stay safe, protect the NHS. Um, we have got, there is, you know, we live in an age where technology can be used for the good so we have the basic telephone. So if you're feeling anxious, isolated, pick up the phone, speak to one of your pals. There's also texting. If you're not in the mood for speaking, um, you've got texting, WhatsApp, Messenger. Um, you've got your social media. So you could be, you know, scrolling through your social media and that. Um, and there's the old fashioned, very old fashioned way you might just want to write a letter to someone. It'll make their day too when it arrives. Um, and put all your feelings and worries and what have you into a letter. 
There's also um, advice on eating healthy uh, because obviously boredom sets in and your diet goes out the window and yes, drink plenty of water, um, take your exercise, we are allowed out for exercise so you know um, take your exercise if you can, if you can't you know there is forms of indoor workouts that don't need much space, you can look at things on the internet and that, um, there's all those things like doing a crossword, reading, writing poems which um, I know the three of us have found really helpful especially during the last lockdown. There's an opportunity to start a new hobby, to find something that you know you've always wanted to do. Um, you could try stuff like painting, um, baking, I know the banana loaf went down well last time. <laughs> um, sometimes as well you can be overwhelmed so you know take a break from the news um, and that includes your social media. We all know one expert on our social media, on our Facebook page, you know, that knows everything but actually knows nothing. So take a break from that. The horror stories, the, you know, you can get quite obsessed. There's lots of online clubs um, that you can join. Um, there's places running pub, you know, pub quizzes and there's music concerts now online. Um, so you must take you know, take your time out and, you know, take time to relax. We've spoken before about mindfulness and, you know, your mindful breathing. So if you are feeling anxious or panic attacks or anything, you know, the the mindfulness is quite a good way. And really, you know, try to keep to regular routines. I know it's hard, um, hard for everybody, but if you try to keep to a regular routine of getting up in the morning, doing your day as normal and getting a good night's sleep. Um, that's always always quite beneficial. So I'm going to, um, we're going to wait to do a Zoom interview with Tam McCabe. Um, he's the manager of Dundee West FC. Um, he's also got a posh title. He's the development officer. Um, but as he'll explain, to you in his interview, he does a lot more than just manage a football club. Um, Dundee West FC were formed in 1985, they're a local community, they sort of serve Ardler and Curtin I believe, but you know, mainly around the Curtin area. Um, they've been doing a lot since the pandemic, again I'll just let Tam explain, I did have a little bio about him but he's... Um, he manages to tell us all about himself um, and you'll find him very interesting um, and certainly, you know, I know that he didn't mention this bit but um, the himself and another at the club um, also won a community award um, recently for the efforts that they've made during this, during the last pandemic and he's fighting fit and ready to go again I think. So I'm going to let you listen to the interview that myself and Richie had with Tam. I, I live in Newport. Newport, sorry. 
nearly 16 years in May. Right. everything for the last two minutes 17 seconds right uh, <laughs> we don't know how to get a picture but it doesn't matter as long as you can hear can you no, both no. hear me yeah I can hear you all okay right that's fine then that's fine okay we don't know how to get the picture um we've had to we've just had to, can you take look at something right Start asking the questions, Val. I will, yes. Are we ready to rock and roll? Right, Shaz, are you ready, yeah. hon? Yeah. Right. I'm ready. Sorry, I'm, I'm Val, by the way. I'm the one that's been messaging you. <laughs> we just came to... Val, keep, I, know, I, I know, we just came to mess each other all the time. I know, just all the time, eh? And then I work shifts as well, so it's not... Okay, we were just wanting... I've got... Relationship now we can um, have any more conversations on the phone. So yeah, I'll I'll good though. I'll, I'll apologise. No, don't you worry. Don't you worry. That's what I'm saying. And when I'm yeah, I work shifts, so it's quite hard going at times. Anyway, I was going to ask how you became involved with Dundee West FC. Well, I've been I've been in, I've been in post now, so I'm I'm one of two members of staff at Dundee West Football Club, um, and. I uh, was appointed as the club development officer um, going back oh, three and a half, four years ago now. Um, I was previously working with Showcase Street, who are based at Manhattan Works, as a sports coordinator. Um, and Dundee West were looking to try and um, take themselves to that next level, where as a club, they're a, they're a membership of over what, 
700 players now, from as young as three-year-old to over 50, 60, 70-year-old walking footballers. Um, but they were at a point where they were sitting about 250 players and they were looking at bringing somebody in that could then work closer with the schools and the community and how to try and engage with more people that if you're a, a volunteer that works full time, you've not got time to go in the community and try and reach out to, to more people. So I came in three and a half years ago um, and my remit was to simply try and um, grow the club, so try and provide more opportunities for boys, girls, um, players that have perhaps got disabilities, um, male, men and female that are looking to maybe continue playing the game after their youth career or perhaps fall at the game because they were maybe maybe, you know, having a family or were too busy with work but they want the chance to play football again. So my job is to try and grow and give more people a chance to play. Um, so three and a half years on now, we've gone from about, as I said, there's about 250, 300 players at the time I came in and we're now sitting at about 700 um, male and female players um, that play the, play the game. And where we're at now is that as a club, we've grown that much We've now brought somebody else in to take on some of the work that I've done in terms of growing the game for getting more boys and girls playing football. And my remit has now changed to try and say, right, how can we use sport for positive change? How can we try and reach out to people that are maybe struggling maybe mentally or are perhaps uh, in a position where they're just wanting a little bit more exercise? And it might not be to do with football, but football can be the vehicle to go and reach out and find out what the challenges are and get them involved with something because I don't think people sometimes realise that football and sport is such a, it's a, such a powerful um, vehicle that does so many good things, you know, whether it's just a case of um, playing with their pals for a game of football or it's perhaps someone that they cross that white line and they're able to forget about any issues or challenges they're having back at home or in their personal life and they're able just to go and enjoy themselves and have that have that bit of fun and a bit of free time to just go and focus on themselves, do something that's a little bit of exercise and physical activity and just have lots and lots of fun. And that's been massive, that part of, part of things. Um, so my remit is now looking at more that side of it. And this lockdown, um, I certainly allowed myself to embed my work and who I am into the community to try and make a, a positive, positive difference. Definitely, definitely. So you kind of covered my second question, so I'll just move on to the next one. So you talked about there about the pandemic and, you know, last year being a really tough year for everybody. I was just wondering, um, how has it affected your mental health at all? And if so, and what do you do to relax? I mean, like I said, you know, I've always said this to everyone, even my dad, I always care about everybody else you know before myself and whether it's my job and it's with my pals i mean i've even taken football for example i came in to play an amateur football and i just wanted to kick about but because they were struggling for getting a manager and getting someone to take on different things i've taken the manager's role i've taken the the, the kit man i've taken every role because i just want to provide everyone the best possible um, opportunity and i love seeing people happy people um you know, having that smile on their face and just seeing that they're enjoying it. But for me, I'm, so, I'm, a, I'm a very busy guy in terms of what I always like to be on the move and, and doing things to, to, to help people, as I was saying. Um, and 
I think when this pandemic came, you know, it was such a, an unknown situation. Nobody, nobody anticipated this. Nobody thought, you know, coronavirus is going to impact everyone in, in different ways. I mean, fortunately for me, I'm still quite a young, healthy guy. So um, I'd like to hope I've not picked up any, anything, else, anything over the time. I've never felt ill or that. So, you know, touch wood, I'm, that'll, that'll continue. But, um, you know, for, for me... Um, I've, I've, I've been I've been okay, but what I have done is there has been times, you know, where uh, maybe because even now, because we've been put back at level four and, you know, we're being told to, you know, stay at home and we're doing it to try and look after the people that, you know, um, are higher risk. I've done things like, you know, just going out for a walk or even just going for a going for a light a light jog or one local parks or something like that. And that again just that whole sport and physical activities has helped me clear 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 my mind, clear the you know, clear the air of, of being stuck at home and get some fresh air, just relax, just enjoy myself and, and have that um, have that, you know, moment to just kinda of catch up on where I'm at with things. Um, but it's, it's it is difficult because, you know, even the, the first time we came out of the pandemic, I was even about doing lots of things, you know, for people and for the community, because I'm such a, such, so passionate about making a difference for people. And I knew, I knew that if I sat in the house, I'd be struggling mentally, I wouldn't be sure about getting out of the house and doing things. So I was putting myself into other people's shoes, thinking these are the challenges that they're going to face. So for me, I want to make a difference. So I was thinking of myself, I was more thinking about what I could do because I knew if I was sitting at home, I'd be struggling. I want to get active. I want to do things. I know people are going to be struggling in their house because they can't get out. What can I go and do to help them and keep myself busy? Does that make sense? It definitely does. I think you're talking, certainly talking to three of us here today that have that same mindset. Um, walking yeah. Weather started, um, you know, we, we tend to deal with men's mental health issues, but overall this year, it's sort of branched into everyone's mental health. Um, yeah, and totally. yeah, and you know, I've done things this year that I've never dreamt that I would have been doing. You know, um, well, we collected uh -huh. like for your food parcels and things like that. You know, um, yeah. so yes, keeping busy and walking. We've done a lot of walking. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. And you know what? I, I always, you know, like over this, over the last twelve months, there, there really is such incredible people out there. I mean, football clubs up and down the country have made a huge, huge difference. But if I look at my personal, with where I've been at, the people that are in this community are doing such amazing things. I mean, if I think, for example, you know, the Curtin Food Lab, there was, was, a, was a group that I was volunteering with, and you've got like some Eddie, Caitlin, and there was Kirsten Smith. These people that are that are supporting and sure that there's packs of food available for some of the hardest hit families, it's absolutely um, incredible. You know, and it was an absolute privilege to meet people um, like what you're telling me just there that were just simply doing something positive to try and make a difference to people that really are uh, really were struggling uh, quite a lot. You're talking about you know mental health for men, and you're right. It's for everybody. Man. Yes. Some of the kids when we hit when we hit locked there initially. You know, we had to make sure that before I could go and start doing anything in the community, I had to make sure that I was looking after my club members, especially the kids that, for, for them, football, for everyone, sorry, sorry, a lot of people, but for kids at the football club, football is, is a big, big part of their life. And when their parents have to say to them, you know, sorry, we man, the football's off just now, they don't understand the coronavirus and the impact it has. And they're just thinking, 
why am I not able to go to my football anymore? Because there's so many things, the social aspect of playing with their friends, they're missing on that, the mental side of it, because they weren't able to get out of the house and do anything, they were stuck, and they were perhaps getting themselves into a routine of, of playing the Xbox or PlayStation, getting up at a, a time, you know, that was, wasn't you know healthy for them. You know, so there's all these different things, even the physical side of just not getting that hour of exercise that we would have normally got if they went in football class. So we need to make sure that even things like Zoom sessions or online, you know, interactive competitions just to keep that connection. But so for me, I can put on my WS kit and I can see my pal and I can say hi to them and that relationship was massive. And then the opportunity, even was in the back garden just doing like star jumps around the spot and we're still getting them active, we're still helping them. But then when we obviously took care of our members and we started doing some street fitness initiatives, we were out in the streets of Curtin and Strathmartin and we were doing our street fitness initiatives, it was helping these kids as well. But for the adults, because remember, these adults were obviously struggling more because they were with their kids 24 hours a day when the schools were shut and the home school learning, as it is now, got to a point where parents were like, I just can't, I just can't deal with this anymore. So we were coming in to give these parents some respite to go have a cup of tea, read their magazine, and just allow their mental well-being to, to you know, just just relax. So you're right in what you're yeah. saying. You know, it impacted on everybody's kind of mental health in yeah. lots of different ways, and that's how we were able to work with the community and say, right, these are the challenges. How can Dundee West using sport help out in whatever shape or way we can? Does that make sense? It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, I was going to ask you... Um, you know, I was speaking, well, I was speaking, you've just basically read your bio that I was going to give, you know, as the introduction, as the introduction to who you were and what you've been doing. But anyway, I, yeah, I was speaking to Greg Fenton and he's a big fan of yours. Um, but I was wondering if you do work closely with any Dundee, if, if any of the commun- other community trusts. Well, we've, we've, uh, we've only recently uh, establish ourselves as a community trust. We just went through the uh, becoming a skill at the tail end of last year. But to be fair, you know, the uh, reason that we went down this route was taking off good practice from the likes of Jamie Kurt from the Community Trust and the Football Club with, with Greg Fenton. And we've, t- we've shared some, some good ideas um, from them. You know, things like with our Winter Appeal, we're doing that uh, collection of jackets. Yes. Dundee, again, almost with our brand, we're able to capture across the whole of the city where I'm just focusing on um, the northwest of Dundee. But now that we've got this trust in place and we've recruited um, people with specific skill skill sets, sorry, that can drive forward. So, for example, we've recruited a teacher that can come and support the education strand and what challenges kids or teachers are facing in school. But for me going forward now, I want to look at maybe um, you know, touching base with the likes of Greg and, and Jamie, as well as the East Region, the East Region Scottish FA who kind of govern um, football in our in our uh, region to share good practice and find out look, you know, what initiatives are you doing that support the city? You know, what what things did you do that perhaps didn't quite work for you? So we can learn from that as well for how we go forward. Because um, they'll have their own agenda because again they're covering city wide, yeah. and I'm only focusing on a, a an area that the Dundee West want to be the heart of their local community. Um, but but definitely going forward, Valerie, that I, I definitely want to um, learn some good good examples that they've done, um, and to try and you know eventually get to a point we are as say, as big as them, but we're doing a lots of good stuff and making a positive you, impact. Oh, you definitely have, honestly, you definitely have. 
Um, and it's just, you know, I think, again, you've kind of covered what I was going to say, but, you know, the value of the community um, at a time like this, I mean, the community spirit is back in Dundee. Would you? Oh, I think we've lost. Are we lost? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I was just, I mean, let, we were talking there and I think my last one was, the, you know, about the good effect that football's had on, you know, the Dundee community and not just, obviously, you know, Dundee FC and Dundee United, clubs like yours, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, you know... You know what, it's, and I think it's just showing you, I mean, like I said, you know, even now, you know, there's... There's still bad press going about football. I've seen about what Celtic have just done, going to Dubai, and such yeah. a terrible, that was silly. Uh, a terrible time, you know. Um, uh, we've still got, even down south, you know, football's on that. Football have been given such great privileges, and they're on a fine line to being told to totally stop. And, and sometimes people do think, oh, football, they just do what they want, they just don't, they don't care. But up and down the country, and I'm trying to say this as a, as a clear message, that not just Dundee West, not just Dundee Community Trust, you know, because I could give you a list of clubs in Dundee that have, that have made a massive impact in their community, but the power of sport and football is huge, and that's where we're at a point now where we want to say, right, you know, what are challenges that the NHS and groups are facing in the area? Is there a, I mean, in Dundee West over the years, I don't know how many, uh, there's been a lot of kind of adult stats that have, that have taken their, you know, taken their lives because yes. they've just struggled to come out and speak, but they've had a passion for football or sport. Yeah. So we're now going to be thinking, right, yes, there's a group, there's a need for it, but if I'm the NHS and I'm just a person that doesn't have to do with football and I'm trying to connect with these people, it's going to be difficult because that relationship, you need to have that relationship with them first. So if they're able to connect with football and sport, we're really able to be like, who caught say, look, come in. Come in, come and have a game of football, come and relax and get away from what's going on. We'll have a tea and a cup of coffee afterwards in a pavilion. We'll then bring in the relative, relative people that can then speak to them because we've got them in now. Before we couldn't get them in because there was no, there was no kind of hook on for the one to come to. Well, now we've got them in. Now it's an opportunity to try and open the door, open the, open the room here and say, look, what challenge are you facing? You know, what, what is going through your mind? And, and start to build a relationship from that. And that is just through the power of sport and football. Making a, making a positive difference. I now want to be going to the community, hopefully with restrictions ease, and look at Target, right, what are the challenges and issues that Dundee Northwest um, are facing? Is it people inactive now because they don't want to go to gyms, but they're looking to find some sort of a, a, a opportunity to, to have a light fitness session? Great, can Dundee West provide something for them? Is it saying, you know, guy adults just want to go for, the, go for a walk? Either they've lost their partners over the last you know, so many months of this pandemic and they're, they're struggling to cope, how, but they've had a passion for football when they were younger. How can we get them in and just have that walk and talk and speak about football and the years of going to Dundee or Dead's Park in Paradise when they, were, when they were younger? Or is it people, as we're saying there, that are struggling mentally because of this pandemic, you know, but they don't know who to speak to, but they've got a passion for sport and football because, again, it's such a, a huge thing for so many people. And that's where we want to get to. And I think there is some great examples. The, the senior clubs are doing some fantastic work. But, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger each year. So the more support we can put out there, I think it's going to make a, a bigger a bigger difference. But hey, we're at a starting point. Yes, yeah. I think months. you've started. And 
yes it's something you definitely need to continue and you you know like I said it's totally amazing you know what you've been doing recently and what you know that and it's not just you personally I know the whole club's involved do you know what I mean and I know yeah. that parents have got involved because if it wasn't for a parent we wouldn't have known about you um so yeah it's been absolutely tremendous what? Well, uh, just out of curiosity, do you guys support people with mental health as well, or do you just share like stories to like people to perhaps come out and see? Well, we we all started. We, well, Richie and Paul, uh, Shaz and I came on board um, a wee bit later. We we organised a big walk, um, myself and Shaz, for Andy's Man Club. We did a bridge to bridge, so we walked from the Tay Bridge to the Fourth Bridge. Um, in yeah. aid of mental health, men's mental health awareness. But Richie and Paul, they organised the first walk and talk in Scotland. Um, so that was from Den's, yeah, and it was on Derby night. So, um, and the guy that came, the reporter, remember, that came down from down south, he thought, um, he, he actually thought we we're only going to be walking from one ground to another. And he's like, um, what? But no, um, so Richie and Paul organised yeah. that walk. So we're ju just trying to raise awareness yeah. of, like I said, primarily it was men's mental health, but this year, well, last year shown us now that everybody's mental health is affected. So we're just using the power of football, I suppose, because that's what brings everybody together, um, especially in a city like Dundee. You couldn't get that in any other city, you know what I mean? You can turn up to Dens Park yeah. in any colour that you want and... Everyone comes together. We had Hibs fans, we had Palace fans, travelled up. So um, the boys run really well. So And we've just branched out. The pandemic's changed us as well. Um, and we really want to raise the profile of mental health issues. Um, we're trying to campaign, you know, join the campaigners for a crisis centre. We think Dundee with the highest, well, second highest suicide rate in Scotland. Um, yeah. We're and really... I think, yes. Yeah, I mean, so. oh, sorry, Richie. Sorry. Sorry, Dom. I mean, Tavern for us, Walking Brother, I mean, the essence is that we can stop the, that one person from going to the bridge. That's what we that's say. That's for us. That's yeah. our job done, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And on, on the, the first Walking Talk, we had men, women, we had babies, children, dogs. Pregnant women. We had Celtic fans holding <laughs> rangers scarves. We had rangers fans holding Celtic scarves. It's all about being inclusive. Totally. Yeah. You're correct with that. And that's what, as a football club, that's certainly done the way stand for. Because we do, we, we've, got, we've got members that, we've got a, a, a strand in the club that's for uh, young people or perhaps who's got ADHD or uh, autism that maybe can't cope in a mainstream football team. Just an example of some of the stuff that we do. Um, we've got our boys, girls, pathways. Get good practice from what you've done, Richie, with 
with a city-wide thing, and I can perhaps look at, you know, rolling this out locally for the for the members in the northwest, whether it's a walk around Charlotte Street in Dens Park or, or whatever it whatever it may be. That's what I want to get to them. I'm my ears open because I don't have all the answers. I, I've never kind of I've done all this stuff before. So I want to hear as I don't see the Valerie, the work that Jamie and Greg have done with the senior clubs. I want to share what they've I want them to hopefully share what they've done with, with, with these members so that I can try and replicate it in a in a slightly different way with, with the members I've got at the West. So yeah, that's what yeah. I've yeah. I mean, do you have like a five year plan? Yeah, do you have like a five-year plan for now? Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to go, I would be here all day if I go We've got plans in place as well. We're working with the council to look at a new um, facility at Charlotte Street as well. We are looking at, yeah. a, um, we've got Bill Dragon Academy, we've got a lot of side pitch there, but with the number of members that we've got, we're fully subscribed there. We want to see how we can try and use Charlotte Street and we're in the plan of the Dundee City Council, there's a, an astro pitch to go in there. But we're thinking, right, if we can get a facility there, I could then open up the open up there that place all year round. How can we renovate the pavilion so we can make that more attractive? That can maybe get families and that to come in and use that as a community hub as such. I know there's things like the Curtin and Adler community hub, but but it's how we can then say, right, you know what? We've got the pitch there, we've got this facility, how do we get more members in to try and utilise it? Um, and that's all part of this five-year plan we've got. So yeah, it's, uh, listen, it's an exciting plan. Just in case of, hopefully we can try and get over this hurdle with COVID, start a, yeah. put a life through it, and let's push on and try and make a positive difference. That's Definitely. Good. Yeah. Will we finish up there? Is that, or how's our uh, yeah. how's timing? Yeah? We go. Yeah. Well, I just really want to, and I'm sure Richie and Shez agree, um, we just really want to wish you and the club, you know, all the best for the future. Continue doing what you're doing because it's been truly amazing. Um, and honestly, at any time, if we can help with anything, please, you know, don't hesitate. Lift up the phone. Um, we'd like to be involved, you know, as well. Um, and just invite you on our next Walk in Blether. Which we're hoping oh, is yeah. going to be well, the, guys, the 28th of. Please do, please do, sorry, just please do keep in touch because I definitely think around the, the mental health aspect, which I think is going to be even greater yeah. now because of because of this pandemic. I do want to work and how we can try and connect with more members, especially the northwest of D, um, to try and, and as you said, Richard, I mean, just be one one person avoiding growing that bridge, yeah. then that to me. Is, that to me makes a difference, do you know what I mean? So guys, please keep in touch. Um, but but thank you very much for your time. Um, and if we could do anything else in the future, then, you know, please. Vice versa, honestly. Okay, vice versa, yeah. honestly, vice versa. Um, yeah, so we're looking, depending on COVID restrictions, um, but we've got a plan which, you know, would cover the COVID restrictions so we could still get our walk done. We're looking at the 28th of February. And if you can get any guys oh, yeah. from your team. Guys, if you've got a flyer or something, please like, forward on to me. I can share with our audience as well. We've got a great communication line with yeah. each of our kind of families and members of the club. So um, if you've got anything, please feel free to promote out to me. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you for thank your you. time. I'm going to stop recording. Um, okay. So while we were looking into some things in that, Shez um, found a poem on the internet 
but she's now going to explain why she's chosen this and we'll read it out to you. Jess, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here, Val. Um, this is a poem that I found when I was looking on the internet for information about uh, COVID and mental health. It's actually written by a nurse, uh, Sarah from Glasgow. She's been working in one of the hospitals there. So she's been on the front line of it. And she had a really, really hard shift one night. And when she got home, she decided to write this poem just to get her feelings down. So I'll read our poem and you can feel free to listen to it as many times as you want. And maybe some bits will have some relevance to you, your family members and how you're dealing with this at the moment. Tonight I held you as I fought back the tears and the grief for your family that have loved you for years. You become unwell, there was nothing to do. We watched through the window and increased your O2. I called your family to see if anyone could attend. Your family need to know how that this was the end. But the virus is terrifying and people are shielding. How can they be there when COVID is so unyielding? I held your hand, I wiped your face, my gloved hand on your skin as you're breathing slow pace. You still smile behind your mask and I tried to smile back to comfort and I reassure you is now my one and only task. Your family called to say their goodbyes. We stood with the phone and listened to their cries with tears rolling down our faces into the mask we all wear. We really wanted to help them and show them we care. We woke you up so you could hear their voices. We dis described your actions we had no other choice their words filled with sorrow their hearts played bare they wanted the time to show you they care you looked peaceful and smiled at their call i hope it brought you comfort standing there took my all we deal with death but not like this no family allowed to give you that one last kiss but the next family will need us we will need to do the same, but I hope I gave you good care and I will always remember your name. Very emotional, wasn't it? Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, and I think that really does sum up um, what it's all been about. I do know, Shez, I think you looked up some helpline numbers, did you? Yeah, I've yeah. Yeah, I'll give them out again. I gave them out earlier, but I can give them out again. That's not yeah. prob a problem. I just want to, you know, reinstate as well. We are, This is new to all of us, and we're all dealing with different emotions and different feelings. But it's okay to be not okay. Um, and your mental health is as important right now as your physical health. And um, I'll let you give out those helpline numbers. So we've got NHS 24 uh, Health Hub on 111. We've got Breathing Space on 800 83 85 87 and the Smartins on 116 123.